The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome to The Open Door the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And we also want to welcome Reverend Sidney Bennett into our conversation today. Always, as always, a privilege to be here, gentlemen. Boy, it goes both ways, believe me. Well, if you've been listening to us for any length of time, you've probably heard us occasionally refer to the Golden Age. Something the Ascended Masters tell us is destined to manifest in the age of Aquarius. And this is a lot more than simply an appealing spiritual concept. That's right, Tom. (laughs) And and though we speak specifically of the Golden Age to come, we also know that there have been other Golden Ages in Earth's distant past. And, you know, there's something about the concept of the Golden Age that really resonates deep within our psyches. We can sense it, almost feel it. And why? Well, because it may very well be something we knew, you know, we once knew and then lost. Uh, It's almost certainly where we truly long to be again. You know, and and we actually believe in more than just the possibility of a golden age. (laughs) We believe in the reality of it. And we want to make it happen. And I think there is a golden age right now in the etheric plane. It's happening. It's, It's there. The question is... Will it be lowered into manifestation on Earth? And that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Indeed it is. Yeah, okay. As we've said, you know, before the current round of recorded history, there have been golden ages. The Ascended Masters have told us that the first three root races who embodied and descended to Earth passed their initiations and all of them ascended, never having to dip below the level of perfection. And members of these first three root races have said that they will help us bring in a new golden age. Mm-hmm. But it will be up to us to do the heavy lifting <laughs> if we really want the coming golden age to actually happen. Karma. <clears throat> yeah. No. In the physical plane, at least, it is painfully obvious that we have not yet reached the golden age. So where and when did things go wrong? Well, we can trace our current situation back to Lemuria. And it was there during the year of the fourth root race that mankind fell, the Garden mm-hmm. of Eden. Yeah. To put it mildly, mankind compromised with divine principle and initiated a separation from the Holy Spirit. Which, in turn, led to a loss of vision, a loss of commitment to keeping the flame of the mother, and putting on of a physical density that we experience today. Then, under the accumulated weight of negative karma, blindness, and willful neglect, Lemuria sank, and the mother flame, at least for a time, was lost. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know, since then, civilization had risen and fallen. <laughs> and we've had ages of enlightenment. Golden ages have come again, but... Obviously, ages of darkness as well. Well, yeah, and through them all, the promise of a true golden age has never been completely lost. 
though the true cosmic freedom that was once known by mankind is a freedom we can scarcely imagine today. Perhaps the single most important element of mankind's fall and the single most important key to his rising again is connection to his God source. You know, Terry, you have it right there. This is not complicated, and it's really not a secret. Connection to God must be the central fixture in mankind's return to the blissful freedom he once knew. Speaking of the freedom we once knew, you know, <laughs> it's been quite some time since the last golden age. Oh, my yeah, gosh. yeah. In fact, the last two golden ages were on the continent of Atlantis, the first of which was more than 35,000 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a long time. That's right. Well, as we know, each astrological age lasts approximately 2,000 years. You know, for example, we have just recently left the age of Pisces and entered the age of Aquarius. So this first two golden ages on Atlantis was more than 17 ages before our own. And I think, you know, what that tells us, if you blow the opportunity, it's a long time before you get it again. Well, you yeah. Know it. <laughs> yeah, it is a long time, to say the least. And interestingly enough, you know, Jesus in one of his previous embodiments reigned as emperor and high priest over that civilization and its 10 million citizens. Well, you know, in that particular golden age, it lasted for 2,000 years, and I think it was under the sign of cancer. And more than half of the inhabitants bonded to their holy Christ selves, and all of the people knew and accepted God's will. And what was it like to live during a golden age? Mm-hmm. Well, that, uh, from information provided by the Ascended Masters, there are a number of things we know. For example, because the citizens were attuned to their divine source, there was actually no need for rules, Tom. Can you imagine that? <laughs> uh, well, barely. <laughs> uh, the people were not dependent upon others for food either. Every person in this civilization was capable of precipitating their own food. Not only that, everyone could freely and easily levitate, even those who had not yet fully bonded with their higher selves. You know, this this sounds today to us kind of far-fetched and hard to imagine. (laughs) But the qualities that those living in a golden age can exhibit are God qualities. And we know without a doubt that God can precipitate anything, levitate anything, do anything. And I think, you know, we have a soul memory of this. I mean, even the flying carpets, you know, a lot of the (laughs) myths, so-called myths, are based in reality that go back a long time. So, you know, in a, in a sense, what, what, none of what we do potentially should come as a surprise, <laughs> since we're all gods in the making, right, Tom? Well, that's it. And it shouldn't come as a surprise that we all carry within us the potential to do as God does and create as God creates. You know, maybe the only surprise is why we would ever forsake such an experience in the first place. And yet, we did. You know, the people who lived during that particular golden age knew and understood cosmic law. But by their free will, they sustain the sanctity of the life force and the sanctity of their body temples. But despite their attainment, they allowed darkness to enter. And this happened by such a slow and gradual degree that the people, for the most part, were not even fully aware of the compromise they were making. You know, you think of the Garden of Eden. Surely you shall not die. (laughs) Yeah, slippery. (laughs) (laughs) And Zenos, the counselor to the emperor, one of the fallen ones and ever prideful of, and greedy for power gradually corrupted the people. And listen to this, Tom. It mm-hmm. only took 50 years to undo what had taken thousands of years to build. There's a moral in that story. Yeah. <laughs> As the people grew imperceptibly more dense and insensitive to life, anarchy and barbarism prevailed. And Atlantis descended into darkness that would last for more than 14,000 years. Then the people were given another chance to seize the moment rise above their human density, and reshape their civilization into a golden age. And, and by this time, according to the masters, the continent had become known as Poseidon. 
Poseidonus. Mm -hmm. With the history of this golden age has been chronicled a book, Dweller on Two Planets, by Philos the Tibetan. That's right. Dweller on Two Planets is a really fascinating book. If you get a chance, you can find it on our bookstore. You can get it through Amazon. And Philos is spelled P-H-Y-L-O-S. Yes. Now, that particular civilization reached heights of technological advancement even beyond what we have today. Yet, as always, mankind must face their tests. Yeah, and the pattern is always the same. First, the Christ or guru appears. He gives the people the teachings their souls require for advancing up the spiral of spiritual attainment, and he sets the parameters for these initiations. Then, when the student has been taught and is ready, or not, as the case may be, <laughs> the guru withdraws and the student must face the test of the encounter with the serpent. <laughs> Sound familiar, gentlemen? Oh, it indeed, does. indeed it does. Well, you know, it sounds very familiar to the story we know, as you mentioned earlier, the encounter of Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden. There's also the encounter with returning karma, those momentums of the past that must be dealt with, balanced and surrendered. Hmm. You know, and once again, the people failed their tests. And after a period of barbarism and depravity, Poseidonus, Atlantis, was swallowed by the ocean, and all that is left today is the legend of the Great Flood. I think the moral here, one <laughs> worth paying attention to, is that if man will not destroy his own evil, it will be destroyed for him. <laughs> now, now, that's a sobering thought. Yeah. You know, it's been 12,000 years since the last sinking of Atlantis, and here we are again mm -hmm. in an ancient land that was once part of Lemuria, and the karma of those times... Mm -hmm. Good and bad is coming due. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to be careful here. It would be easy to become overwhelmed because, oh. obviously, we see society deteriorating mm -hmm. and accelerating that. Too. If you go back to the 50s and see the difference then and now, which is a little more 50 or 60 years, it's really incredible the changes that have occurred. But the good news is there is hope because once you can turn the tide of momentum, a golden age becomes very possible. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking earlier about the fact that we've all been alive to see this change. We were all around in the 50s. Well, some of you old guys have yeah, been anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sid. <laughs> well, you know, the truth is we see some of the ancient wonders of technology reemerging, and we see the flame of life once again becoming exalted by some, at least. Yeah, and at the same time, we see old momentums of darkness in the form of drugs, alcohol, <laughs> rock music, abortion, sexual perversions, yeah. genetic engineering, and more, rising once again to cloud our vision of a golden future. And, and you know, I think what this tells us is that we can't sit back and say, oh, a golden age is coming. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I'll just watch TV till it arrives. You <laughs> yeah. know, the reality is the golden age begins with us. And, you know, that's a no-brainer. Obviously, we understand that. But even if the world doesn't go into a golden age, you can go into a golden age because you understand the law and the truth. And for the world to go into it, it has to begin with each one of us individually. Yeah. And that's exciting. It's challenging. But there is hope. If we will take a stand individually, this darkness can be turned back. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that there is already a golden age uh, in the etheric. Absolutely. And this is something that um, we could, if we chose, bring it down into the physical. And you know what's interesting is I read a, a statement once that it was amazing to me. It doesn't necessarily have to be a gradual process. It's almost like it has to flip, come from the etheric to the physical. Uh -huh. So that's why, even though it seems almost impossible now, <laughs> why the invocation of light and the putting on of light and the mastery of our karma and our dharma or our duty or our service to life 
individually and collectively can make this happen. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Well, and again, we always say it all rests on free will. Indeed. <laughs> we have that choice. Yeah. We can't blame anybody else if it doesn't happen. Yeah. And we got the free will to do the violet flame, which maybe we can talk about later. Oh, well, we always do. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We're never far from the violet flame. Well, I think that's the key is to transmute the karma that's returning because yeah. there is Atlantean karma and other karma now. And so if we can transmute that before it becomes physical, then we may not have to go through cataclysm like both Atlantis and Lemuria went through. That's well, the hope. Yeah, and I think that we, we, we look at what we see uh, picturing in the world right now, and we know that we're at a moment of choice. Yeah. And, and we always are. But, I mean, in this case, the choice has become much more um, heavy because the, <laughs> the result of a bad choice. And, and some people run from good. it because it's overwhelming. Yeah. We don't believe in that because we know there is hope. For us individually and, as I said, collectively. Yeah. Well, um, we'll continue this, I'm sure. But you know, right now we've got to take a short break. Um, when we return, we're going to play part one of a really spellbinding lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet that's all about the reality of the coming golden age. And you don't want to miss any of this. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Okay, today we're talking about the golden age, and of course that concept raises a few questions. Uh, is it real? Uh, will it come? And will we be here to enjoy it? Here's Elizabeth Clare Prophet. The essential nature of the sons and daughters of God, that all peoples in all religions throughout the world since the beginning of time and space have had, as the potential to realize in matter that which they contain essentially in spirit, to return to spirit that which they have realized in matter. This continual process of energy flow is the nature of creativity. Without flow, we cannot have 
a golden age in consciousness or in manifestation. We find then when individuals or civilizations stop the flow of the creative energy of life by the denial either of the inner or the outer man, then instead of a golden age we have disintegration, decay, and the downward spiral that have marked the decline of many civilizations in recent and ancient history. It is long erased from our memory except in the concept of a dream of a golden age. It is long forgotten that Earth has had golden ages. And historians count as fairy tale or legend or mythology those periods early, early in history before what has been called the fall of man, which is not really the fall of man, but it is the descent of the feminine ray the descent of the female principle. Prior to the descent of that energy and the subjugation of the feminine aspect of man and woman, there was the fusion of the macrocosm and the microcosm. And because it existed once, we have the continuing dream and the striving for its realization. We see the grail, and we remember that quest of the Holy Grail as more than a quest for the cup from which Christ drank at the Last Supper, but it was the dream of King Arthur, the Knights of the Round Table, to create that Golden Age society which Plato had dreamed of, Francis Bacon later wrote about, and also Thomas More in his Utopia. And we in our childhood dreams have also longed for this ideal society, and we speak of the idealism of youth, the reaching out for that which is perhaps unrealistic, impractical, but it is that surge of creative energy that is not yet stagnated, that flow of life as above, so below, that gives us the sense that we can create the fusion here and now of spirit and matter that will enable us to realize individually and collectively that golden age society. The dream is also recorded in the prophecy of John in the book of Revelation. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb is another symbol for this Christos, this portion of the self that is the point, the nexus of the flow of crystallization. It appears again and again. And the mystery of the unicorn, the pursuit of that unicorn, that fabled animal, what was its mystery? What was its essential energy? It was the energy of flow. So under the tutelage of cosmic beings, Manus of the races, there were first three golden ages that have been recorded by a number of mystics and writers in the last hundred years. These golden ages taking place on this continent and on the continent of Lemuria, a race of beings who never descended from their primal awareness of God in the chakras or centers of God awareness that are the third eye, the crown, the throat, and the heart. Maintaining awareness of self in the upper half of being, they were able to control the lower half, the lower chakras, and to release energy through the heart for, again, that crystallization of the God flame that makes a golden age. Our own heart chakra is the point of the nexus in the figure eight. It is the center of our being. Energies rise, energies descend. And the action of the kundalini, 
The raising of the mother flame is a part of the rising process, the drawing forth of the energy from the inner causal body, the consciousness that surrounds the inner I am presence, the descent of that energy, the rising of the energies of the mother, the fusion of these energies of the heart is the release of creativity within you, one by one, that creates the components of a golden age society. The citizens, then, of these societies which stretched around the world were of what has been called the first three root races, the first three life waves to inhabit the earth. They never lost vision of their reality. They saw this Christos in one another and loved all with whom they shared the goal of becoming more of God. This was the goal of life, to become, to put on the garment of God's consciousness to realize more of God as the essential element of self. They loved a man for his intrinsic worth and the unique design of his life stream, even before the God idea matured. In other words, with the development of the third eye, they had the ability to hold a blueprint, a blueprint or a matrix that could be filled in and realized. We find today the absence of goals, the absence of that pattern because we do not understand the origin or the ultimate of our existence. The family embodying the trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is simply three words that indicate power, wisdom, and love, the three components or the three aspects that are the foundation of the flame of life, is the basic unit of the divine society, the family, because it is a nucleus of the trinity. The Atlantean origin of the word family is father-mother-flames in loving union. Family is a code name, as many words in our English language are code names that have actually descended from the Atlantean tongue and from symbols, sacred symbols of Lemuria, which Churchward mentions in his books on the lost continent of Mu. Government and education in the ideal society are instruments for the development of the individual potential of man in harmony with all members of the community. This flow of harmony is this flow of the figure eight pattern where the realization of the golden age comes because there is a sense of the unity of what is known as the body of God. Seeing ourselves as cells in the body of God as components for the realization of a grand design. Instead of striving against one another, atoms, molecules, systems working in harmony, and all understanding that functions of the individualization of the God flame are necessary to the creation of a whole. Instead of competition and a pulling against one another, there is this goal toward fusion because in each man there is this sense of the fusion of the reality of the inner with the outer. All institutions, public and private, stress the unity of life through its triune aspects of faith and hope and charity. Again, the Trinity. The Trinity is realized in the name of God, Om, that comes through the Sanskrit. And the Sanskrit also comes down to us from the Lemurian tongue, the most ancient language. And the Om is the symbol of Alpha, and Omega, the beginning and the ending, converging in the center for the precipitation of you, 
the A-U-M. The intonation of this word draws your soul back into the inner reality of selfhood. Balanced in the trinity, it is able then to bring forth the masculine principle, the feminine principle, in perfect balance in each individual, making for the precipitation or the crystallization of the Christ consciousness. So these aspects embraced as power, wisdom, and love of God, the Trinity in action and a striving for excellency in all things, are the motivating forces, striving for excellency, almost non-existent in our world today, and yet it is what has built every great civilization, including America. I think we'll probably leave it at that point for the moment, but I, you know, if we were to use a, a code for the fusion of our divine selfhood, it would be be the Christ and see the Christ. Yeah. You know, very, very, very tight code. Mm-hmm. In any event, we are doing the run-up to the Golden Age concept here, and there's more to come, so please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Okay, what are the requirements of a true Golden Age culture and a Golden Age society? Let's find out. Learn to love to do well, and you shall. This was the maxim of Casimir Poseidon, who ruled an ancient civilization that flourished where the Amazon basin now is. Loving to do well is the theme of the building of a great society. When people lose the momentum of loving to do well, they lose their momentum of striving for excellency. Mediocrity sets in. The destruction of creativity then there is the stoppage of the flow, 
the control of the individual by the state, not for the release of creativity, but for the glory of the state. Hence, the state begins to replace the macrocosm of man's being. He is cut off from that flow, that energy of the causal body, and he becomes the outpicturization below of the state above. But, of course, the state can never replace the spirit, the elements of reality, and therefore there is decay and decline. When the state intrudes itself, replacing values of the state for the inner religion of the soul, which always seeks to be wedded to God, religio, to bind. Binding the soul to God is the purpose of religion, not encasing the soul in doctrine or dogma, whether it be of the church or of the state. In the Golden Age, society adherence to this principle of learning to love to do well kept each soul striving to excel beyond the attainment of yesterday. Every form of activity from athletics to mutual service was seen as recreation, the recreation of the qualities of the Holy Spirit in man and nature. Recreation means to go over the lines of flow, continually, daily, dipping into the inner source and creating in the without, then consecrating the without to the inner source and sending it back to the source. So the flow never stops. In Golden Age societies, souls newly come into the world of form go through a very exacting program of discipline and education. In early years, they are taught the rudimentary science of the psyche, psyche being a word for soul and the potential of the soul, how to develop their senses to contact physical and metaphysical dimensions of reality, metaphysical being above the physical or beyond the concrete, and how to expand the faculties of the soul to probe cosmos through nature. They are taught communion with all life through the focusing of their attention within the heart and establishing an arc from the heart chakra, from the fire of the heart, to all things living, to the hearts of plants and trees and flowers, the very elements in the fiery core of the atom. The mastery of levitation, precipitation, and the science of alchemy are also a part of the curriculum in early years of soul development. Flying saucers are remnants of golden age science, the power of levitation, the power to levitate by an extraordinary means. However, the presence of flying saucers does not indicate that they are coming from Golden Age societies, for once that knowledge is attained, it is often retained even after the decline and the fall of the society because of the neglect of the inner flame. Higher education is based on a series of initiations leading to cosmic mastery, whereby individuals then qualify for positions in government, science, education, and temple service. Inevitably, when man attributes his victories and his accomplishments to the plane of the ego, instead of the plane of the superconscious ego, he eclipses the light of the cosmic sun within his being, and his power, his wisdom, and his love are correspondingly diminished. And so the curtain dropped on an age of great enlightenment with the sinking of the continents of Lemuria and Atlantis, and with their sinking, a great loss of scientific knowledge, of religious principles, of the understanding of energy control. And so we are yet groping to return to that estate of awareness, of understanding, which can only come if we return to the source, to the inner light and the flame, of which all of this accomplishment is the materialization. 
the moral of the story of paradise lost and of every civilization fallen into ruin is that man must consider God as the origin of all things, then he will never confuse the fountain with the stream. Jesus said, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Putting that on our chart, the top sphere is the Father worketh hitherto, and the lower sphere is, and I work. And this union of the inner and the outer is what produces the golden age. We find then in the family, in the home, in the community, in the nation, that the role that is assigned to the feminine principle, to the mother, to woman, determines how high that civilization can rise. But this is not the competition of the sexes. This is not a division of men and women. This is the realization of the feminine potential of us all. The Aquarian age is the age of the rise of the feminine ray. And when that feminine ray rises, we have once again kindled on the altar of being the flame of the Holy Spirit. The flame of the Holy Spirit is the cloven tongues of fire, always twin flames symbolized as the dove descending, each wing of flame, the body being the crystallization again of the God flame, the Christ consciousness, the own. The presence of the Holy Spirit in the body temple, in the body politic, must come about through the fusion of the masculine and feminine attributes of the Godhead within the individual and within the family. And so there must be that flow between man and woman, which is not a competition, not the attempt to usurp the role of one by the other, but the natural flow, the natural harmonization of energies at all levels that produces the Christ consciousness, whether in a noble work of art, an organization, a service, or in the offspring. Now we come to the Aquarian age, the age of the Divine Mother, the age when the feminine principle must rise within each of us. When it does rise, the rising of those fires through all of the chakras of being, the wholeness returns us to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit are the cloven tongues of fire, a flame of father, a flame of mother, converging on the side of the west of the city four square, the side of the materialization in the physical plane. So we see that the challenge in America today, in the world today, the challenge of the Aquarian age is the union of the Divine Mother with the Holy Spirit. We remember that Mother Mary was called the Bride of the Holy Spirit because within her there was that fusion of the masculine and feminine principles. Through her communion with the macrocosm, she was able to draw the energies of the macrocosm into the microcosm, the fusion at the nexus, the womb manifestation. The woman brings forth the man-child. So we are at that point now where we have a choice. Will we go into a golden age society or will we accelerate the spirals of disintegration, decay, schism that have begun in America and in the world? 
How can we reverse those trends? We can reverse them. We can reverse them because we have seen that great leaders, great avatars, Christed ones who have come forth, who have realized the God flame, have reversed the whole course of civilization, of death and dying, and the deceleration instead of the acceleration of the God flame. It can be reversed. We yet have time and space. Time and space are coordinates of the mother's consciousness. Kali, the mother of the East, is the incarnation of time. And thus she is also the counterpart of Shiva, the destroyer, because time destroys and time is opportunity. But time and space are the opportunity for sons and daughters of God to realize that mother flame and to use it as the impetus for the upward swing, the return that results in the cloven tongues of fire, twin flames in manifestation, and the bringing forth in the physical plane, in the physical body of the golden age consciousness in the individual and in society. I want you to realize that the teachings of the masters have been present throughout history, all the way back to the golden ages of Lemuria. They are not unique to the Summit Lighthouse, and certainly the Summit Lighthouse is not the only organization publishing the teachings of the Masters. It is one source that you can take advantage of, and you will find that there will not be a pursuit of your name or your person for this or that obligation or for joining the ranks, etc. It is simply the free flow of ideas, of energy, of teachings that I know you can find useful and practical in becoming the Golden Age man, the Golden Age woman. This essentially, then, is my understanding of whether or not the Golden Age is a reality. And if we look up in the sense of looking into the etheric plane, we will find that the Golden Age, as a mandala and as a blueprint for our planet, is a reality now. There is a blueprint for a Golden Age waiting to be fulfilled by you and me, and we find that in this Golden Age society, each of us is indispensable. Each individual is unique for the fulfillment of an aspect of that mandala. The uniqueness of the individual is stressed by the masters, not as a law unto himself, not as a pulling away from the center, but as a harmonization of the atoms and cells in the body of God. Oh my goodness, uplifting, isn't it? It is. You know, when we... We can turn things around. There is hope. And I think when we speak of food for thought, we just got a banquet. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, coming up next, our weekly Q&A with today's guest, Sid Bennett. This should be fun. Stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. 
Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are talking today about the golden age, not just the concept, no. but the reality. And uh, with us is Sid Bennett, who's always a pleasure to have you with us. Still here. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the questions is, is the golden age really on its way here? <laughs> <laughs> Could have fooled me, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think we all realize there's a lot going on right now. I mean, you see it so much in the literature and things you read, people talking Things coming together, you know, both the darkness and the light. And we can both feel it. And at one level, we might feel some hope. At another level, obviously, we feel overwhelmed by what's going on on the planet. So it is coming. But there is a day of reckoning coming. And that day of reckoning does not have to be negative. A day of reckoning can be a day of victory. Mm-hmm. But we got to clean up the debris from the past few thousand or 20,000 years or whatever it is. And that's the returning karma. So we have to begin with the violet flame. We have to clear that energy as much as possible, Mm -hmm. and that allows the light then to be very visible to people. It allows people to have the burden lifted from them of both a personal and a planetary karma. And you do this simultaneously with pursuing your spiritual path Mm -hmm. and understanding Mm -hmm. that as you work together with God, and this is what this is, as Mrs. Prophet said, the Father worketh hitherto and I work. And so our work is to do the violet flame. Our work is to have vision and hope. Our work is to love and to give and to help others as much as we can and to, to embody that joy of God even amidst all this darkness around us. Yeah. So the long answer is the golden <laughs> age is on its way. Yeah. And so, But whether it comes or not determined, is determined by what we do individually and collectively. But it's easy to say collectively, well, we may or may not get it. But let's begin with ourselves because we can have experienced the golden age and as we experience it, of course, that will bring collectively to the planet as a whole. So it, it's an understanding it is coming, but it won't come if we're passive. It won't come if we're asleep. It won't come if we spend our hours watching TV or doing things that are not necessary for the balance in our four lower bodies. And if we don't take this opportunity, we are going to be very sorry. And if we do take it, the golden age. Well, yeah. I think one of the... Um I almost said subtext, but really it's not a subtext at all that what Mrs. Prophet said and what you hint at is that there is hope. We can turn things around. I think that uh, we've spoken of this before, that it's easy to feel overwhelmed, to feel that you're kind of under the the weight of planetary karma, for example. So many things you look out and see go, oh my gosh, I wish that wasn't happening. But we can. We, We have the power, and if we have the will, we can turn things around. Well, well, it's absolutely true. And 
you know, it's, I can almost hear someone saying, you know, it's fine for you guys to talk about golden <laughs> ages, but you know what? I have low back pain. My, my child needs braces. Yeah. I have car problems. You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. this is where people are at. This is the reality of their day-to-day lives. And what we need to understand is the masters, underst- you know, know that. Know we have these, you know, the problems that seem overwhelming yeah. to us, and they are overwhelming sometimes to us. And so they're very practical. They bring us the tools to help us with that. You know, first of all, using the vial of fame, as I mentioned, deal with that karma before it comes physical in your world. Mm-hmm. You know, invoke the light, invoke the abundance you need, the health, all the things you can call forth, and doing the very practical things that will do that. So we can't just, you know, sort of say and say, what's the use? You know, I'm one person, I can't do anything. That's the lie that the fallen angels want you to believe because God with you is a majority. Mm-hmm. You can change your life. It's got, you got to start someplace, and you got to start with sometimes small steps. But I guarantee you, um, based on my personal experience, and I believe many others, if you will start using the violet flame on a regular basis, your life will change. You know, um, we, we have spoken before of the fact that we have a little portion of our karma returned to us every day, which we use the violet flame to transmute. Right. Um, and I'm going to tease a upcoming show because we are going to do a show on this probably within the next um, four, five weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. On the cosmic clock. Okay. And the cosmic clock is a way for us to understand the returning nature and cycles of our karma, our negative karma, so that we can be prepared to deal with it. So despite what may be happening in our lives, as you point out, we have a lot of things in the human realm that you cause us to divide our attention. We have the cosmic clock. It is a science. It is accurate. It can be exact. And it can let us know ahead of time what's coming around the corner. You know, it's a mindset. <laughs> Do we want to be the victim or do we want to be the victor? And the ascended masters give us the tools to be the victor. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden your problems are all solved overnight. But you can see movement, you can see change, Mm -hmm. and you can build a momentum of light that will turn back a certain amount of darkness. Now, some things we've got to experience in the physical because we've got to learn our lessons. Yeah. But (laughs) not everything, you know. And would you rather have a dent in the side of your car from a shopping cart or a major accident? You know, and it could yeah. that difference could be the violet flame in your life. And this this is not just, you know, a genie in the <laughs> bottle that you say, Okay, protect me from my karma. You know, <laughs> it's part of the devotion, the love of God, the seeking of God, using the tools of God. This is what it's gonna to take to bring in the golden age. And so we understand that it's all part of returning home to God and the great mercy of God is that we have tools to mitigate this karma on an individual and a planetary scale. I can tell you, the karma on the planet, the masters have told us, we would be an asteroid belt if nothing had been done to stop that karma from fulfilling itself. So it works. As hard as it is, it's working. And all of you listening, um, these tools are available to you, to everyone. They're not special. Right here and now. Right now, and very <laughs> practical. It's a simple matter of making the choice. Yeah. yeah, That's all it takes, is to choose. Use your free will. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't like how, where your free will has put you in the world today, change it. Yeah. And choose to use the tools God gives us. Empower yourself. Yeah. Uh, and kind of reflecting on some things that you were saying just a moment ago. So the golden age is as much an internal experience as it is an exterior phenomenon. Well, that, well absolutely. And, and we realize it can't come on an exterior level until we manifest it on an interior level. Right. And that's where the spiritual path, and it is a path. It's not just saying, Jesus, you love me, I'm, you know, 
I'm home free. <laughs> yeah. It's a walk. It's work. Yeah. It's balancing karma. It's making right choices. Mm-hmm. But you know what else it is? It's experiencing the joy of God. Mm-hmm. And when you experience victories over momentums and things in your life that haven't been there before, you get a taste of the golden age because you feel yeah. that sense of joy yeah. and empowerment that the light brings and the freedom that it brings. And you say, I want more of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, <laughs> our brothers and sisters need that too. Yeah. And that's why we need to strive not just for ourselves, but for the blessed souls of light that God has on this planet that are still yet asleep. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned blessed souls of light. Uh, one of the concepts that you heard Mrs. Prophet mention and you heard us talk about in the first segment um, is the concept of a root race. And we're not talking about vegans here. <laughs> no offense to any vegan who's listening, by the way. You, you have your own root race to deal with. Um, but what is a root race? How many have there been? Root race are, are part cycles of, of life waves. You know, we kind of think, well, we're all created at the same time, or some people think they created when they're born. But there are life waves that have come forth. And as Mrs. Prophet mentioned, as we shared, the first three life waves upon this planet are root races, mm-hmm. if you were. They were mandalas of souls of a certain number. They all ascended. Nobody mm-hmm. fell. Mm-hmm. It was the fourth root race when the fall of man or the fall of woman, the female feminine principle, occurred. Mm-hmm. And it's been sort of downhill since then. <laughs> yeah. um, there's been, so there's the fourth root race is still an embodiment. There's a fifth root race that comes forth and a sixth root race. So we've got those three root races are an embodiment right now. Mm-hmm. The last one coming forth at the time of Jesus. So there's a seventh one that's meant to come. And it's supposed to be here right now and starting to come. But the Ascended Master has said they will not let these brand new souls descend until Earth cleans up its act a little bit because they're too vulnerable. These are brand new souls. They've never been embodiment, and they're very wow. precious, as you can imagine. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You know, before my next question, I just want to reflect on something personally. You know, I was in the music industry, and in, and in 1955, that's when rock and roll is considered to have come in. And we just heard talk about how it only took 50 years. Mm-hmm. So you add 50, you get 2005 for the civilization that had taken thousands of years to build, to fall. And so, uh, you know, the parents, I was a teenager at that time, the parents of the the teenagers, they knew what was going on. They were were outraged at what we would consider to be pretty gentle music right now. And and this is... Well, and nowadays, there's a big church where, where I live, that they have a rock concert every Saturday night, and yeah. they pack them in. It's lack of awareness, and people lose their understanding of vibration. If they had kept the integrity of their beings, they would recognize the vibration of rock music, whatever yeah. the words, they may be Christian words, right. but the vibration lowers their energies and therefore prevents that connection with God. And people say, I mean, we did a show on rock music, and someone got very upset about it. Oh, How yeah. can you say rock music is bad? You know... We understand people, there's a lot of good people doing rock music, but, you know, it's, it's an awareness or an attunement, and it's the degradation of that understanding of vibration and the ability to recognize it in our society that has allowed that, that whole thing to descend. It becomes, it's, it's the reality of what's norm. Right. I think one of the analogies we've drawn before is that it's like, you, you know when you're eating poison. It may taste really wonderful, but it's still poison, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well then on to my question. So wh- when we look at the rise and fall of Golden Age civilizations, which I was just kind of referring to, we see the insidious power of compromise. Oh boy. We don't give up things all at once. It's been a slow thing, for instance, with the music, but by seemingly innocent degrees of compromise. So we've really got to be vigilant, don't we, Sid? You know you do. And, of course, 
even our stand and the teachings on rock music obviously go very much against societal trends and so forth, and people almost laugh at it, you know. <laughs> but if we will dig deep and look at where we've come from, we will understand what has occurred in this nation, America, the past 50 years. And, and of course, America has influenced the planet greatly. Mm-hmm. It's been subtle and slow at first, but can't you feel it accelerating? Yeah. I mean, can't you just feel that oh, totally. insensitivity to life? whether it's euthanasia or abortion or anything else, that the understanding that life is sacred and it's of God is being lost in this society. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, and yeah. <laughs> Every point of choice that we reach is critical. Now, and, you know, we t- you mentioned compromise. There's no room for compromise. You can't serve two masters. You know, and I think one of the things we end up coming face-to-face with all the time, in fact, every day, is passing our tests. You know, this is one of the things that we talked about the, the guru or the Christ comes, lays out the pattern of initiation, and then it's up to us to, to follow the, the pathway back to the source. You know, mm-hmm. it takes courage to take a stand for truth. Yeah. It is much easier to just to go along with the crowd, to do what you need to do, and not fight it. You know? But courage is the nature of God. It's the coming of age of the heart. There comes a time when we must take a stand for light and principle and truth. We do it in love, but we take the stand because if we don't take it, who's going to do it? Yeah. This society is going downhill, ladies and gentlemen. We all can see that and the deterioration of it. And some have numbed themselves with alcohol and drugs and marijuana or media or entertainment because they don't want to deal with the pain. But those that can take a stand can recognize that things can change. It's not hopeless. I can make a difference because God is in me. I can use the tools of the ascended masters, whether it's the violet flame, the calls to Archangel Michael, whatever it is, I can invoke the light that will begin <laughs> to turn the tide, and I will talk in loving you know, ways to mm-hmm. people and share the truth. They can make their own choice. But as for me and my household, we will serve the living God. And it takes courage to do that, ladies and gentlemen. We're not pretending it doesn't. Isn't it much easier to say, oh, Jesus loves me, we're saved, we're all going to heaven, you know, let's go have a picnic. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm not trying to make fun of that, but I'm trying to say is, if we don't do something, who will? We can't look to anybody else. And relatively speaking, we're a small number of people. But God has given us the vision to recognize that this is truth. And if we recognize it as truth, then we need to do something with it. Even though it may be challenging or some people may not like it because we might be different, if we will take a stand for the light, things will begin to change. Light will tip the scales and the balance. The light we hold in our hearts, the light we invoke through our decrees, through our violet flame, this planet will change. If we don't do it, it's a guarantee it will continue to go down and this is what happened to Lemuria and Atlantis. But this can be different. We've got the keys in our hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a way, you just answered my next, uh, my next point here. Do you think we're in for a big flood in the future? <laughs> what can we do to prevent it? And I think you pretty much covered Well, there it. is a flood of darkness on this planet right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, just to keep your head above the astral sea, so to speak, is a challenge. And that's why the daily devotions are so important and so key. But I hope, as you know, hearing this show, you won't see this such a distance between where we are now and the golden age of God. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's, God is not limiting its presence here. We are. And so when we choose to call forth this light and become that, things can change quickly. A twinkle of an eye. Twinkle of an well, eye. Because we yeah. know the, king, the kingdom of God is within. It's the journey without distance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what, guys? 
What? Another hour has just vanished. Oh, my It's amazing gosh. how every week this happens the same way here we are. Um, we've got to wrap things up. And I want to thank you, Sid, for once again joining us. Um, sure. It's always great just to kind of hear these, this wonderful stream of, of information, of enlightenment, if you will, of hope. Because that's really what we're talking about here. There is hope. It can happen. This is going to come. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't give up hope. Don't give up, folks. Yeah, and we want to thank you out there for joining us, too. You know, if you've got any questions or concerns, simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And we'll do our best to answer you promptly. Yes, we will. One of us will. <laughs> Maybe all of us will, depending. Anyway, um, as we like to say every year, every, every week, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of, out this, of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. 